0: This is Jen Kelly from In Black and White, here to ask a favour. If you enjoy this podcast, there's one easy way you can help us get the word out to more listeners. Simply give a rating for this podcast and even better, leave a review on whatever platform you're listening on. In Black and White is brought to you by subscribers of The Herald Sun. Our subscribers get access to the full Herald Sun website, including companion articles and photos to this podcast. If you like this podcast and want to support it, click on heraldsun.com.au forward slash I-B-A-W to go to the In Black and White page and click on any article to find out how to subscribe.
1: She was sentenced to death uh, along with her accomplices because their crime was considered an offence against the king. The, The two men that she was accompanied by were hanged Perhaps because of her youth, Elizabeth was spared. She lived in the basement and when she was upstairs, she wore male clothing to to hide her identity. John Batman had a lot to lose if he was caught with Eliza in his home. But as it turns out, love blossomed in secret.
0: I'm Jen Kelly and this is In Black and White, a podcast about some of Australia's forgotten characters. Today we're telling the fascinating story of Eliza Batman, who was the wife of John Batman, one of Melbourne's best known pioneers. Eliza came from a wealthy family in Ireland, but ended up living in poverty on the streets of London. She came to Australia as a convict, and it was when she escaped into the Tasmanian bush that she met the man who would become her husband and the father of her children. But because she was an escaped convict, Eliza had to lie low. She hid in John Batman's basement and had to dress as a man when she was upstairs to hide her identity. Here to tell us the astonishing story is Melbourne journalist and history buff, Jamie Duncan. Welcome back to the podcast, Jamie.
1: Thanks very much for having me.
0: Now, most people know the story of John Batman and his role in founding Melbourne, but I feel like his wife's incredible story has often been overlooked.
1: Oh look eliza Batman was as, was an incredible woman. She packed an awful lot into her life, and uh, a lot of it wasn't good she, uh, she, she was a, She was a convict, she ended up marrying John Batman after escaping her convict life, and her life ended uh, many years later in a in a grisly murder. It's a, a dreadful story, but it's a very interesting one.
0: Mm, it's amazing. So take us back to the beginning. When and where was Eliza born?
1: Uh, eliza was born Elizabeth Callahan. In Ennis, in County Clare, in Ireland, in 1802, family circumstances aren't terribly clear. It's believed that her father was the son of a well-to-do landowner, but uh, the, Elizabeth's family suffered because of a uh, of a family schism that uh, that that left uh, the lefty son Eliza's father on the outer. Elizabeth, like her, like her mother, was a very strong woman. was uh, was a, a reportedly a beautiful and elegant woman. Because of her family's um, financial circumstances, at the age of seventeen, she was sent to London to, to carve out a life for herself. And uh, it was there she struck trouble almost immediately. Um, she was in pretty dire straits. She was living on the streets, and um, she fell in with a uh, with a bad crowd in what was then a, a grimy and poverty ridden city that was that was full of crime.
0: So, what was the crime that actually saw her sent to Australia as
1: a convict? Well. In uh, in mid-1820, she committed a uh, a crime that, in fact, had a death sentence. She was pretty lucky to uh, to have uh, gotten away with her life. She and two men were were nabbed by the constabulary for their part in a a ring that um, passed a counterfeit one-pound note. And they attempted to pass a second one at a pub in uh, in the East End. Elizabeth was still just 17 at the time when she was caught, and she pleaded guilty in her trial in September 1820. She was sentenced to death uh, along with her accomplices because their crime was considered an offence against the king and um, and was therefore punishable by death. the the uh, The racket was that they would pass the one pound note and pay for uh, an item, presumably a drink, uh, and that they would collect the change uh, and that way they'd uh, profit greatly. But they were they were caught with the fake note and found themselves in all sorts of trouble. The the two men that she was um, she was accompanied by were hanged. But has because of her youth, um, Elizabeth was spared. She ended up spending nine months in uh, in jail in London before her sentence was commuted to fourteen years transportation, and she was um, she was taken to uh, to, to to Hobart uh, aboard a ship called the Providence. She left England in June eighteen twenty one, and she arrived in Hobart in December that year.
0: And what happened once she arrived in Tasmania?
1: Well, um, she was soon put into service with a with a settler family. To, uh, to to pay for her crimes, but she um she fell foul the law pretty quickly once again. In March 1822, she was jailed for a week for uh, being drunk and disorderly, and three months later she was sentenced to three hours in the stocks for sneaking away from her master's house for a night. Uh, she she was apparently a pretty wild woman, and in January 1823 she earned a week on bread and water and two hours each day in the stocks for spending a day and a night away from her master's home. A life of indentured service clearly didn't suit uh, young Eliza. That same month, she absconded again and took her chances in the wilds of the Tasmanian bush.
0: And is this when she came to meet John Batman?
1: Yes. Yes, she met John Batman on his property. Now, John Batman was the the New South Wales-born son of a convict whose wife and family followed him to Sydney. And he became a grazier on a property that he named Kingston, which was uh, east of Launceston. And at the foot of Ben Lomond, which is one of Tasmania's highest peaks, and it was uh, so the story goes, it was there in the scrub that John Batman happened on uh, on Eliza uh, in hiding, and he agreed to harbour her.
0: So this must have been an incredibly dangerous thing to do, to agree to protect an escaped convict.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. John Batman had a lot to lose if he was caught with um, with Eliza in his home, but um, as it turns out, love blossomed in secret. Uh, it was a pretty dangerous thing to, uh, for John Batman to have considered, because Eliza had been named as an as an absconded convict, and um, jo- John Batman had to bide his time uh, for some years before he could uh, seek Eliza's pardon from the uh, from the lieutenant governor of the day, a fellow called Sir George Arthur. In 1823, he had uh, won a contract to supply meat to the government store at uh, at Georgetown, which is on the northern coast of Tasmania, and the following year. Um, the Tasmania government um, turned him from a lessee of his land um, to landowner uh, when it granted him ownership of his 600 acres at Kingston. So if he was caught out with uh, with Eliza uh, on his property, um, he would have been in all sorts of trouble. He would have lost a lot.
0: How did they manage to hide Eliza's true identity?
1: Well, she lived in the uh, in the basement, and uh, when she was upstairs, she wore male clothing to to hide her identity. And incredibly. In those circumstances, Eliza bore John two children. Uh, it was Maria, born in 1824, and Lucy, born in 1826. And, and incredibly, police searched the Kingston property in November 1825, following up on a report from a, a, a former servant that Eliza was uh, was living in the house. And they found no evidence, despite the fact that there was already one baby on the scene as well.
0: So police actually searched the house where the Batmans were living, but but Eliza must have been in hiding at the time.
1: Yeah, she was, uh, she was. She was. She clearly able to able to stay in hiding and uh, and keep her baby quiet as well because the police found nothing. Fortunately for them.
0: Mm. So, were they able to get married?
1: Eventually, they were. Batman was uh, was was good to his word. He sought a pardon from Sir George Arthur, and they were married with Arthur's blessing, at uh, Saint John's Church in Launceston, on the twenty ninth of March, eighteen twenty eight. So by that time, they'd been uh, they'd been together for roughly five years.
0: So I'm curious how they were able to do that, given her status as an absconded convict.
1: Well, I think the answer is that she'd, um, she'd not caused any further problems to the establishment, to the, uh, to the constabulary, and um, uh, had um, had uh, lived a, a virtuous life, albeit in sin with John Batman for those five years.
0: So how did the Batmans come to then end up in Victoria?
1: By the time the couple married, um, all of Tasmania's viable grazing land had been taken up. It's it's pretty rugged mountainous country for the most part. And that, that that could be grazed had already been taken up by settlers. And many of those settlers in northern Tasmania were really buoyed by the reports that had come through from Human Hovel's expedition in, in 1824. And there was a push on to settle Victoria, which was then you know, not a separate colony, obviously. It was part of the Port Phillip District of New South Wales. The colonial powers were against settling land so far from Sydney, uh, and they resisted pressure to have that land settled before Batman's Port Phillip Association crossed Bass Strait in 1835 to begin what was the unauthorised settlement that became Melbourne. Batman tried to circumvent colonial power with his, um, with his treaty in 1835 with the Kulin Nation, which occupied um, what we now know as metropolitan Melbourne. And he took control of 600,000 acres of land, and that made him one of the world's largest landowners. By then, the Batmans were a respected couple, they had um seven daughters and uh bore a son in uh, in Melbourne uh, their only son was uh, was John Charles Batman he was uh he was born in 1836 though the batmans were so respected in fact that Mount Eliza is said to have been named after Eliza um in 1836 the family settled at Batman's Hill in the uh, in the west end of um of the town of Melbourne in early April 1836 um as i said John Charles was born that year um, but almost immediately the uh, the Batmans fell on hard times.
0: And they had eight kids by this time, so that can't have been good news.
1: Seven daughters and a son, but things got really, really difficult for them. The Batmans put everything they had into the, the adventure in Port Phillip, but uh, the New South Wales Governor, Richard Burke, refused to recognise John's vast land claim, and, th- and that was a land claim that covered present-day metropolitan Melbourne all the way down to Geelong. In what can be viewed these days as a highly exploitative treaty, he certainly came up with an agreement to to, to rent the land from the Kulin Nation, passing to them items including blankets uh, as part of a trade. But uh, it's almost certain that they had no idea what they were agreeing to, Mm. um, if indeed they agreed to it at all. So Burke's refusal to uh, recognise the treaty meant that the new settlers, and Batman was obviously the most prominent, uh, this, this, this in fact made him one of the largest landowners in the world at the time. Um, uh, the, the, they would have to forfeit what they had uh, established in, uh, in Port Phillip and f- would be forced to buy back from the government the land that Batman had negotiated.
0: So Batman's empire was really falling apart by this stage?
1: Oh yeah yeah he was in he was in all sorts of trouble, and to make matters worse, syphilis, which he had contracted some years earlier, was taking control of his body. It had begun to disfigure his face and it robbed him of the ability to walk so he was um he was he was very much on the skids
0: and what was happening with Eliza by this stage?
1: Well, at this point, again, it's not entirely clear. he and Eliza certainly separated. it's not clear whether they uh, whether they separated in marital terms, but they certainly separated geographically. Eliza travelled to England in an effort to overturn the decisions that had robbed her family of its wealth. It was clearly in her interest to try and and get that decision reversed and try and claw back some of what they had. Uh, There was a contemporary, uh, a fellow called George Augustus Robinson, remembered in his diary that John cast Eliza out when his servants told him that Eliza had been caught in bed with the family's cook. So it may have been a marital separation, but it was certainly a geographic separation. And while Eliza was away. John Batman died alone and mired in debt. That was the 6th of May, 1839, when he died, and he was only 37.
0: Did Eliza then come back to Melbourne after that?
1: She did return to Melbourne. She was she was unsuccessful in her efforts to get Burke's decision reversed. She came back to Melbourne in 1840 to find her husband dead. Uh, her children scattered amongst friends, and um, uh, the, the property that they had at Batman's Hill that they lived in had been requisitioned by the government for administrative purposes. To make matters worse for Eliza, she was willed only five pounds, which was not an enormous sum of money even in those days, especially given what they had enjoyed. She challenged the will unsuccessfully with um, William Willoughby, who was John's former clerk, who she later married. Uh, she didn't give up the fight, though. In 1843, she petitioned Queen Victoria herself, uh, in her and her children's names, um, for compensation for the loss of the lands that formed the Batman Empire. The petition fell on deaf ears. Queen Victoria wasn't terribly interested. Um, and then John Charles, John and Eliza's only son, drowned in the Yarra River on the 11th of January, 1845. Um, he fell from rocks and, uh, and he was swept away in the current.
0: And that must have had a terrible effect on Eliza.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, Eliza was completely shell-shocked by, by what had happened. She ended up leaving William Willoughby soon after that and, uh, and apparently moved to the Geelong area. And that's, uh, she became known at that stage as Sarah Willoughby. And, and sadly for Eliza, having tasted the best and worst of life at various times, she ended up earning a living in sex work and, um, and was uh, reportedly an alcoholic um, in, her, uh, in her life in, uh, in Geelong.
0: And what happened to Eliza in the end?
1: Well, it's, it's a pretty grisly tale. Eliza was found dead in her house in Autumn Street in Geelong West which is, you know, these days a pretty well-to-do and gentrified part of town. She was found dead there on the 31st of March 1852 in the rented home where she was where she was plying her trade as a sex worker. She had been badly beaten about the face, so badly that was that she was um, she was almost unrecognizable. She had a broken arm. She had four broken ribs um, as well from the attack. Now, two acquaintances of hers, a man called John Trigg and a woman named Eliza Wilson were arrested soon after, and Wilson was found with a bloodied one-pound note tucked into her armpit when she was, uh, when she was grabbed by, uh, by police. They were both charged with murder, and they were held in the DeLong jail for three months each on remand. But oddly, they were released without uh, any trial for lack of evidence. So Eliza's grisly death went, uh, went unpunished.
0: So do we know any more about the circumstances of her death and why this couple murdered her?
1: The, the reasons for the uh, for the murder um, stem from some kind of disagreement, but uh, uh, the, the the origin of that disagreement is kind of been lost in the mists of time. Um, Eliza's been laid to rest in the um, Eastern Cemetery at Geelong, and uh, two of her daughters, who I believe were residing in the area at that point, also have been laid to rest there.
0: So it was a pretty eventful, but ultimately tragic life, wasn't it?
1: Well, yeah. She went from she went from a well-to-do life to the life of a convict, again to a well-to-do life, lost everything as uh, as John Batman's wife, lost her son along the way, and um, her life fell into dreadful circumstances towards the end, and uh, and she uh, she died aged. Uh, well, she, she wasn't even 50 when she uh, when she was murdered.
0: Such a sad story. Well, thank you very much for coming in again and sharing the story with us.
1: Uh, thank you, Jen.
0: And if you want to learn more, you'll find a link to a story and photos in the show notes. Thanks for listening. This has been In Black and White, a podcast about some of Australia's forgotten characters. Written and hosted by me, Jen Kelly, produced by Jonty Burton and Al Tynan, and edited by Andrea ties evanson If you've enjoyed this podcast, we'd love you to give it a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Even better, leave a review. Or if you have questions or comments, please let me know by email at inblackandwhite at heraldsun.com.au. Any clarifications or updates to the stories will appear in the show notes for each episode. And to get notified when each new episode comes out, make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed.
1: A troubled young woman. Her evil parents.
0: We never had any issues between us.
1: Has justice been done? I'm in a prison. Join journalist Richard Gilliatt as he delves into one of Australia's most gripping cases. Shadow of Doubt, a new podcast investigation from The Australian. I cannot find
0: one of these allegations that's possible.
1: Listen now, wherever you get your podcasts.